Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let's start by pushing a button, zero preamble. What? Ladies and gentlemen. Some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Earth Pimentos. Going to really try to stick to the schedule today. We're on a tight deadline. Stuttering does not help. Journey to the Center of the Earth, movie the first, and we're talking the 1959 version. This is what you would call a classic movie. Uh, It's one of those movies that everyone's heard about. Probably not everyone has seen, and I was among them until I watched it. That's how time and movies work. Uh, yeah, there's something about a 50s flick that I think you have to be in the mood for. At least that's a personal feeling. I I can't always watch uh, old movies like this, but uh, I thought, hey, why not? And it was good. Uh, I see it gets 7.1 on Imbida. Uh, That is a little high. I'd probably go on my 5-point rating scale. Uh, two to three out of five. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, I use a three as a sort of baseline of enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. Uh, and for the most part, this movie falls into that category, but some of the pacing of a movie from 1959, (laughs) movie, uh, two hours, 12 minutes long, uh, leaves a little to be desired for my modern brain. Uh, Let me read the Imda just in case you don't know anything about it to give you a slight idea, but I don't have time. So, moving on. If you don't know what it is, where have you been? Uh, Next movie is called Waffle Street. Uh, This has popped up a couple of times on, I think, yeah, on Netflix. It's one of those movies that Netflix said I would enjoy that quite often, in fact, almost all of the time, they are correct about, uh, and this falls into that category. I'd go solid four to five, uh, very firmly entrenched in a Sunday movie vibe, uh, sort of a darkish comedy, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, I think you could classify it. Uh, it's about a dude who's like a high-powered, whatever, let's just say lawyer, tax guy, uh, and finds himself out of work and goes to work at like a fried chicken and waffle place, um... And he decides that he wants his life to be involved with it. So he's going to buy a franchise. Does it work out? Does he fall horribly on his face and everything goes awry? Uh, 
yeah, pretty much what you expect to happen does happen. Uh, one th- sort of highlight is Danny Glover. He plays one of the cooks at the uh, at the fried chicken and waffle place. I haven't seen him in a long time, so it was nice to uh, see him. Uh, waffle Street, I would recommend. Uh, next is I Am Road Comic. If you saw the movie I Am Comic and enjoyed it, the odds are you will enjoy this one, which is explaining the ser- the scenario that I was in to a T. Uh, yeah, so it's about comics. Mm-hmm. From the point of view of comics. Uh, recently started listening to a podcast called Comedians Comedian, uh, which is all about sort of the process of making comedy, specifically of the stand-up variety. Uh, and I have a sort of very strong fascination for it. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to give this movie a 5 out of 5. If this is a subject that you have no interest in, you're still presumably going to like it because it's just a shit ton of comedians talking, so you're going to get some laughs, I can guarantee that. Uh, But maybe your rating would be a little lower. I don't know. I can't see into your brain. Uh, Okay, so moving on to The Trip to Italy. Uh, If you saw the movie The Trip, this is part two of that. Uh, this was a sort of a strange situation in that I couldn't remember if I had seen this movie and got, you know, 20 minutes in, half hour in before I realized, yes, I had seen it. Uh, but because I liked it so much, uh, I didn't really mind. See, I feel weird saying that. If I liked it so much, how come I didn't remember that I had seen it? Well, shut up, I'll say. Five out of five. Uh, last but least, maybe least, maybe not least, The Do-Over. Uh, apparently Netflix signed a deal with uh, Adam Sandler to make a bunch of movies, and this is one of them. There's no denying that. Uh, yeah, it's a Adam Sandler movie. I'll go like two, maybe the odd three laugh, but mostly two. Sticking to the timer. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Caribbean Coconut Murders. Uh-huh. Okay, I got a new show. Uh, this also available on the aforementioned Netflix for your viewing pleasure. Uh, I don't believe... Yeah, I'd never heard of it in any form. Just period, full stop. Um, but uh, saw it again. I think it was sort of falling under the category of Netflix saying I would like it and uh, me taking a chance on that fact that they would be right, and they were. Uh, what's it about? Uh, let me just start off by saying that there is three series available on Netflix. Now, me saying that should be the hint that this is a British production as they um, break their things into series and not seasons like we do here in Canada as well as in the U.S. Why do they do that? I don't know. Uh, so I watched the first three as those are the ones that are available on Netflix. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, the first season had one main guy, 
uh, and then he is not was not in the third season. So sort of an interesting, uh, the main dude of a TV show leaving after two seasons and they bring someone else in is always sort of a dicey proposition. Works for Doctor Who, I suppose, but uh, for a crime uh, comedy drama, as I believe this could be classified as, it's a little bit different. Uh, so what is it? Uh, Sherlock Holmes in the Caribbean. Yeah, in in modern day fake Caribbean. Well, you know that that's something I'm curious about. Uh, it takes place on an island in the Caribbean that I don't believe is a real place. A sort of fictionalized uh, French English Caribbean paradise, huh? in which seemingly a lot of death happens. It's got that sort of uh, Agatha Christie vibe to it that. Uh, I'm surprised people go to this island still, the amount of deaths that seemingly happen for, on a very, very small island, but I don't know, maybe that's accurate. But they are strange deaths, uh, deaths that cannot be easily explained. So what do we need? We need a, uh, a British detective who's not too happy to be in the Caribbean. Uh, he was the first guy. I, I should say, the first detective. He uh, he loved England, he loved the cold, he's sort of set in his ways, he's f freakishly methodical, uh, very Sherlock Holmesian vibe to him, uh, and he's sort of thrust into this life in the Caribbean, where he's put in charge of a group of uh, uh, people, a girl and two guys, a police force, uh, on this island, and seemingly lots of murder happens, and he, using his super large, super attentive brain, is able to solve these murders, uh, and he does it in impressive fashion. Got a little bit of a house vibe to it, and by that I mean Dr. Gregory House. Uh, he's a little cantankerous, uh, but you, you could tell deep down he does care and care about the people around him, so... Uh, Rating-wise, let's go... Uh, I'd probably go for the first guy, and I wish I had his name. Can I see it here? Mm, yeah. Creative starring ben, uh, ben Miller, I do believe, is his name. Anyways, what I was going to say, uh, the first two series, is, I'd probably go with solid uh, four out of five. And then when the main guy leaves... And they bring in sort of a replacement. Uh, I think I'd have to bring it down to a three. Now that always makes me think: Is it just the fact that I liked the initial guy so much and had grown used to him that uh, I didn't like the second guy as much? That's a possibility. The brain does things like that. Uh, but I think it more likely that they brought in the second guy and he was a little more, or a little less English. Uh, he was a little more laid back, a little more. Blase. He still has the super freaky, incredible, crime-solving brain going for him, but uh, the package as a whole is not as tightly wound, which I think takes some of the comedy out of it as well. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Book Banter sponsor is Atlantis Donuts, perfect for dunking. Okay, uh, so have the first book in a, I do believe, six book series. Uh, and I also believe, 
very faintly that I have read one or two of the books in this series a long time ago. I'm talking in high school. I'm talking back when I first started reading books because uh, I was probably 18, 17, 18 uh, before I started reading. I used to be one of those poo-poo to reading people. But uh, then in high school, uh, I discovered that uh, hiding in the library during class <laughs> and reading was much better than actually going to class because class was boring. Uh, yeah, that's a whole kettle of fish, which we will not open. What we will open is a book called Taliesin. Taliesin? Taliesin? This is one of those goddamn friggin' fantasy names where I say it one way in my brain as I'm reading it and really have no idea how it's actually pronounced for the reason that I've never heard anyone say it other than my brain. So I will spell it. T, uh, T-A-L-I-E-S-I-N. This is book one of the Pendragon Cycle. I love it when it's a cycle. Uh, by Stephen R. Lawhead, who is, I think, a fairly prolific uh, fantasy writer. Uh, if you know anything about sort of Arthurian legend, that name that I butchered, uh, Taliesin may ring a bell because he's sort of, I do believe, intertwined with that. Uh, at the very least, this series of books uh, is taking place in the sort of King Arthur's uh, realm, if not time. So uh, what this is, is... Uh, uh, l let me just put it to you this way, I say. <laughs> uh, this is the first book of the series. The next book is called Merlin. Uh, uh, and then the book after is called Arthur. Uh, and then uh, I forget what the other ones are called. But uh, that's just to sort of give you an idea of, of what's taking place in these books. Uh, I'd almost put, this is sort of interesting, fantasy and Arthurian fantasy in two different categories. Now they share certain similarities, but this does have magic. And, and, and magic-y things and stuffs, but uh, there's no uh, there's no uh, elves really. There's no dwarves. There's no uh, unicorns. It, it's just as if uh, a slight twist, a slight magical twist on what possibly, seemingly, maybe actually happened. Uh, as far as the stuff of the Middle Ages. Yeah, so taking the Middle Ages and doing a sort of alternate, slightly magical history, I think is how you could uh, explain these books. Uh, these books that uh, I think I mentioned critically acclaimed, did I? Uh, which, on that note, I will go for this book, 5 out of 5. Really, really loved it. Uh, I think probably what I like best about it is that uh, it jumped back and forth between the titular <laughs> Taliesin and uh, what's going on on the continent. Yeah, I guess they often call it the lost continent of Atlantis. Oh, uh, so, so it's almost as if this book was just building towards the next in which we have Merlin, which everyone sort of knows about Merlin. Uh, so it's Taliesin and uh, this girl from the lost continent of Atlantis. Atlantis, 
and sort of the series of events that led up to their meeting and then having the boy Merlin uh, giving birth to him. So it's almost like this entire book is an excuse to really sort of emphasize how incredibly powerful and amazing the coming of Merlin is, which is an interesting idea, and I like it. And I hope you do, too. Today's game Gavin sponsor is Richard Potatoes, a.k.a. Dictators. Okay, uh, so if you listened to last episode, and I assume you did not because very few people listen to this, hmm, uh, you will know that uh, I am continuing on with my PS4 cleanup. What that is, is, there's the double is, uh, is uh, I don't play my PlayStation 4 very often. What I kind of end up doing is letting the free, the monthly free games accrue and then periodically uh, turn it on and play through them and hopefully there's some good ones in it and usually there's some not so good ones in it. So uh, this is part two of that because apparently I, had a, I hadn't played it in quite a while. Okay, uh, so next is, first rather, is Lords of the Fallen. Okay, I think out of all of the games that I had waiting for me, this is the one that I maybe had the highest expectations for that looked like a sort of game game that I might actually purchase. Uh, I gotta say, parts of it held up to that idea in my head. Uh, What sort of, excuse me, crashed that idea around my head is the difficulty of the game. (laughs) Excuse me, I just ate. A meatball sandwich from Subway, so there may be some noises. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's got a sort of Dark Souls difficulty to it. Uh, I, I don't like I've mentioned on this on the podcast many times that uh, when a game gets to a level of frustration uh, and dying again and again and again, I turn it off for several reasons. Uh, mostly that I'm an old man. And I don't have time to play all the games I want to play. So if one of them is giving me trouble, I'll just move on to the next one that I have waiting. Because I don't have time to play all the games I want to play. When I was younger and I had nothing but time, I would struggle through a game like this, but no more. Lords of the Fallen. uh, I'll go like a 1 or a 2. Just for the sheer level of frustration. Uh, Yeah, fuck you, Lords of the Fallen. Next is Tesla Grad. Uh, yeah, this is it was kind of fun. Uh, sort of a platformy game. Uh, you're playing. Uh, I think I didn't get far enough into it to verify, but I assume a young Nikola Tesla. Uh, so story-wise, I like where that was going. Um, it's just the sort of 2D uh, side-scrolly platforming. Uh, play Mario if you're gonna do that. Uh, yeah, sort of an indie vibe to it. I could see potential in it, but it didn't hold me. So uh, for that, I'll go two. Uh, next is Switch colon Galaxy Ultra. Now this one's funny because I don't remember it. <laughs> I honestly have no idea which one this was. Uh, 
So, for being the one game on this list that I honestly don't remember at all, have no idea what happened in it, not even a clue, I'm going to give you a one. Yeah, do I, do I go zero? Because I don't remember it at all, not even a little bit? Yeah, I do. Zero. Take that. This is definitely the lowest scores I've ever given in a podcast, just period, for anything. Next is uh, Tropico 5. Uh, this is a game I had heard of. Uh, this, of this list, is the one I had the most fun. Uh, this is the one that, after playing, I didn't delete for the reason that I can easily see myself going back to it. Uh, sort of surprising in that uh, it's sort of a real-time strategy game, I guess you would classify it as, which suits the playing on a PC way, way, way more on a than on a console. Uh, that being said, they did it fairly well, and um, I can definitely see myself going back to it. I'll probably just go 4 out of 5 for now. Um, but if I find myself going back and really digging in deep, maybe we'll revisit our talk of it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, last but uh, not least, Transformers colon Devastation gets also a two, maybe a one. It was not fun. Dictators. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Time Traveling Triscuits. Okay, a lot of talk recently of uh, PlayStation VR, which uh, I am curious, uh, not excited about. I don't know what I am about. Oh, I guess maybe that gives you an idea of when I'm recording this, which uh, I don't think professional podcasters do uh, tell when they are recording versus when it was releasing, so... Once again, I am not professional, as is blatantly obvious. Uh, yeah, so PlayStation VR. Uh, if I had the choice, money's no object, I would get the HTC Vive, just sort of, no questions asked, hands down. Uh, I'd have to devote a room to it, which might be problematic. I'm wondering if it would work in my mandem that I'm sitting in right now. There's furniture that could somewhat easily be moved out of the way. I don't know, I've thought about it. There's the price that is really what's holding me back. I can't afford that. Uh, even the P, uh, the the PlayStation VR, uh, yeah, I'd have to save up for a while, uh, and I don't know if it is worth it. So, if you listening to this think that it's, you know what, no, uh, no audience participation, take that audience participation. Uh, I'm just gonna wait and see. I, I think that's the best thing to do when it comes to VR at this juncture, unless you're a sort of money's no object dude or dudette. Uh, just wait and see. Uh, next is Vsauce Three Causal Loop. Ah, yeah, this was very, very cool, very, very well done, high production values. Uh, it is a Vsauce, which if you don't know what that is, right now turn this off and go watch those things Vsauce Vsauce 2 and Vsauce 3 all of them good uh this was a Vsauce 3 uh talking about explaining through story uh what a causal loop and the various types of time travel really really incredible really well done uh speaking of those things 
Mm-hmm. Incredible. Well done. Is uh, Adam Carolla Show podcast. The Adam Carolla Show podcast. Anyways, whatever it's called, the Adam Carolla podcast. Had on guests uh, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond, who you may know as the former hosts of the television program Top Gear, which I believe I mentioned in a couple episodes ago. Anyways, uh, they were on to plug uh, the Grand Tour, which is their sort of new uh, incarnation of Top Gear. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. If you're unfamiliar with that story, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, I would recommend looking into it. Uh, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. The Grand Tour going to be so good. My question there is, I'm in Canada. It's going to be on Amazon. Can Canadians get uh, Amazon television shows? Uh, I don't know. I will be looking into it. Uh, And if I do get my hand on the Grand Tour, which come hell or high water, uh, I will definitely bring it back for some television talk. Lastly, but not leastly, uh, and I finished this podcast moments ago and it really tickled me pink, so I thought, hey, why not check it in at the end of this one? Uh, Andy Kindler appeared on the Kevin Pollock chat show with guest host Sam Levine. Uh, so I brought this back for two reasons. One uh, is that occasionally Sam Levine will uh, will guest host Kevin Pollock's chat show. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever brought back an episode he has co-hosted, which made me feel bad because uh, I'm a big fan of Sam the Man, a.k.a. Little Wolverine. Levine, oh Jesus Christ! Uh, and Andy Kindler is just one of the funniest human beings on the planet. He is uh, not self-proclaimed, but proclaimed by many as the comedian's comedian. So uh, something I, I feel a sort of hipster-like pride about is that he is one of my favorite comedians. Uh, I always have that sort of thought that because my love for him is so much, that maybe. Somehow, some way, deep down inside me, there lurks a comedian. That and the whole sort of crippling depression thing. Uh, and that's another one of my thoughts that maybe one day the stand up life will be for me. Folks, that's just about out of time. I really wanted to stick to the timer, and as you have heard, I've done it. I haven't done that in a long, long time. It's just, uh, I got shit to do which is unusual. So, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, This is episode 379. Uh, I got special things planned for episode 400. Uh, If you're listening to this, I want to say to you, as I like to say at the end of every episode, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but...
but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.